Welcome to Mom Chats with Karen and Susie. We are two moms who enjoy heart-to-heart conversations about life. We chat about everything from parenting to education to our dreams and even to our soul journey. Join us as we explore these topics and more on Mom Mom Chats. Our last episode was about the importance of self-care and uh, why that is important as moms. But this episode, we are going to also focus on the people that we're sharing our space with during this pandemic times, and that is our children. Here today, we're going to talk more with Susie about how she handles that. Because Susie herself has children, plus she has her own experience as a daycare owner. So I thought it was a great opportunity to hear what Susie has to say about how do we handle the children during these times. Hi, Susie. Hi, Karen. So yeah, I can definitely take my own experience um, as a mom, working with my own kids during this time, as well as, you know, as an educator. I can relate to other parents who are out there maybe experiencing challenges, supporting their kids during this time. It's difficult. I know what it's like. It's definitely different than the norm. You know, when you're at home with your kids 24 hours a day, seven days a week, um, without any breaks, it can be challenging. I understand that. Especially the younger the kids are, I think the more challenging sometimes. So I'm definitely open to sharing my ideas on how you can support your kids during this time and how to adjust, how to pivot, I guess is the new word these days. (laughs) (laughs) That's a good word. So let's, let's, let's really focus on that word. What are some of the things that you've done within your own home to help pivot yourself or to help pivot the children during these times within your own home? Let's start with that. Okay. So myself, first of all, kind of want to say that I had to adjust my expectations as far as what to expect from children during this time. You know, let's talk about education because I think that's a big stressor for moms um, and for dads, families in general is kids are at home during this pandemic. Um, they're not going to school. They're not going to daycare. Maybe parents are feeling like they need, they, the burden falls on them to provide education for their kids during this time. And when I say education, I mean formal education because I believe parents are number one educators of their kids. So they're always providing education all the time, whether they know it or not. But what I really want to focus on is the formal education, which you get normally in a school or a daycare, which parents maybe are not used to doing, and now they're in the situation where they have to do that. So I guess the first thing I'd have to say is everybody, you know, I think as parents, we have really good intentions of wanting our kids to be super educated all the time. We don't want them to fall behind in their schoolwork. But my feeling on this as an educator is that If your kids are home for, let's say, a month or even two months without formal education, it's not the end of the world. You know, kids are so resilient. They'll be able to bounce back when this is all over. And once they do return to a regular school environment, they'll easily catch up on anything they might have missed. And I think schools as well are going to be forgiving in terms of, you know, maybe reviewing information that they weren't able to cover during this time. And, and I really believe kids will bounce back and, and they won't be any worse off for it. Even if parents are feeling the stress that, you know, they can't, they're not very good educators at home um, and they can't do it. I think it's not the end of the world if, if they do nothing. I think kids will be just fine. So let's, that's, let's explore uh, a little piece of that. You had mentioned that 
parents have that expectations of themselves to fill in the shoes of a teacher, that can present its whole set of challenges. So what would you say to those parents that are struggling to trying to become that, that teacher for their child? I think the first thing is, again, adjust expectation as far as themselves. They are not teachers. They're not trained teachers. So they can't become teachers overnight as far as formal education goes. I guess be kind to yourself to realize, you know, this is not my profession. I am not a teacher. These people went to school for a reason because they learned how to become teachers and they can't, and parents can't expect to be their child's teacher and their mom and their dad at the same time. So I think that's the first thing to remember is that you're not a teacher, but you're going to do your best if you are providing some education at home to give your child a little bit of enrichment if you can. I've also heard sometimes that parents are struggling to find the routine within their home. Usually when the kids were in school, they would get up at a certain time and be out the door. And now that uh, they don't have anywhere to go, they're waking up later and later and the routine has been thrown off. What do you say about that or what are your thoughts about that? I think maintaining routine is still important. Even if you're not doing formal education, you need, do need some kind of routine in your life. Um, and I think especially children themselves thrive on routine. They need routine to feel safe. They need to know what to expect throughout the day. School does provide that kind of routine for them. They know that when they go to school, there's certain expectations of waking up at a certain time to get on the bus, to get to school on time to you know, doing their work, even their days is routine. So they'll have certain activity or certain subject, and then you know, a break, maybe an outside break, then lunch. You know, so their day is very routine and it helps them feel safe. So I would say that even if you're not doing formal schooling, you do need some sort of routine in your home where you're doing some type of activity that is educational and is stimulating for the child. Hmm. Okay. And then do you um, have any thoughts that you want to share about how you would approach um, educating your kids across the different age groups? Like maybe the way we address the infant or not infants, but the toddlers versus the school age versus the high school students might benefit from slightly different modified approaches. What are your thoughts on that? Absolutely. I think definitely the approach has to change depending on age of the child. The younger kids, like from, from infant all the way up to preschool age, I say there's probably a certain approach you can take. So as I was saying before, I think routine is the first thing that you have to establish. So if your child is not going to daycare or preschool at this time, you still want them in some type of a routine. And you can maybe look to if they were going to daycare or preschool, what was the routine that they followed when they were there and try to mimic that so that actually when they do go back, it's not going to be a huge change for them as well. Uh, where they're having to relearn the routine again. So you can kind of try and do the same thing that they would do there. Things like one hour of learning, then maybe snack time, then maybe some outdoor time, uh, some free time, lunch time, nap time, and then you repeat that sequence. For young children, uh, preschool and under, best type of activities are play activities. So anything that involves play is a learning experience for them. Um, there's different ways to do that. But the important thing to remember is to follow the child's lead. So if the child is wanting to play with cars, you're not going to suggest playing with dinosaurs. Um, so the child will, let's say, pick up a car, then you become their playmate. You pick up a car as well and you interact with them with that car because that's what they're interested in and that's where the learning will be focused. 
So how you would create intentional learning through that play is by your conversation with them. So while you're playing with them with the cars, you're going to avoid doing any kind of testing, like testing questions like what color is your car and how many cars do you have? You don't want to have learning be like a test. You don't want your child to have to, it should be enjoyable for the child and they don't want to be tested. So instead of saying, what color is your car, you can narrate your play by saying something like, I have a blue car and you have a green car. So you're narrating the colors for them. And they might choose to narrate back to you, oh, I have this car and you have whatever. But it's more of a conversation as opposed to a question. So you want to kind of avoid questioning and testing and be more of a playmate. So imagine that you're your child's best friend. And you guys are just playing together and you're also narrating as you go along. And as you narrate, you're, you're teaching different concepts. So you might be teaching colors, you might be teaching numbers, you might be teaching space, relationship, whatever it is. Just try and make it as natural as possible in the conversation. That's really interesting. I liked what you said about uh, not playing with them from a place of testing them or they feel that pressure of having to give the right answer but rather learning through just actual play, right? Rather than being quizzed all the time. Exactly. So I thought that was a great, great suggestion. What about, um, let's say we move on into the older age group, say the school age or the high school, with them being in front of the, the computer screens a lot. Is there other ways that they could cope with that or other ways to learn rather than screen time? Sure. Now, again, it's going to depend on the child and parent will know their child best. Yes, there is an expectation of some type of online learning with the, um, let's say, elementary school. Let's start with that. I guess what I would say is adjust the expectation based on the child. If the child can't focus for more than, let's say, 15 minutes online, then do it in 15-minute increments. There's nothing wrong with taking 15 minutes on the computer and then 15 minutes break and then 15 minutes back to the computer. Um, so my recommendation is go with your child, see what they have the um, ability to do, and then work on that. Some children can stay on longer. Some children can stay on long, up to an hour at a time without taking a break. I would really recommend, though, that you take very frequent breaks. You know, in my house, I say 30 to 45 minutes on the computer and then a physical break. So whether you're just walking around, maybe you go get a snack, maybe you get a, some water, uh, maybe you go outside and jump on the trampoline, whatever it is that you can do to take a break. I think that's really important because you got to remember that when they're in an actual physical school environment, they're not heads down working for a long period of time. There are a lot of breaks that we don't realize. So the lesson might only be 30 minutes and then they might be talking to a friend. They might be, you know, getting something from their bag. They might be going to the library, whatever it is. There's always lots of breaks built into the day. So they're never heads down working for a long period of time. Mm, that's good to know because I can imagine, let's say, parents of younger children where they're not having that dedicated time just for that one child, but they have like other children to take care of, household responsibilities, like how do we juggle um, as a mother with all the different responsibilities and tasks and different child's needs? How do we juggle all of that together? Anything you'd like to share about finding that, that way to balance? 
Sure. Um, so definitely, if you have more than one child in the home and they're different ages and doing different work, depends again what the age difference is and what work they're doing. The taking breaks thing, if let's say you only had one computer that they both had to work on, then the taking breaks works really well where one can be on for half an hour and then the other one takes a break for half an hour while the other child goes on so that there's just scheduling. It's more of like a scheduling issue. Uh, but as far as supporting both of them, if they're, let's say, both doing work at the same time, it's harder to support them. So my recommendation would be do it at different times. So let each child uh, be doing their so-called academic schoolwork at different times of the day so that you can be supporting them individually and giving them where you're not having to you know, struggle between two kids at the same time asking you a question. I know in that last episode, we explored a little bit about emotions, but maybe we can talk a little bit about that, that when things aren't running smooth or different kids are having temper tantrums, like how do you, how as a mother, do you handle the emotional outbursts that can sometimes happen along the day? I think patience, lots of patience, you're going to have to understand. I think even just being empathetic helps understanding that this is a new experience for your kids and anything that's new or that is to change from the normal is going to be stressful. Um, so if you can understand that from the, the get-go, then maybe you yourself can have a little bit more patience with your kids so that, you know, you can say, okay, you know what, I know that my child today is not going to have a great day or is, is struggling in some way because this is all new. Maybe I don't ask as much of the child or I give more breaks or I propose doing something differently today, a little more on the fun side. And how about for the older kids that say high school where the social component is so important to them? Uh, they miss their friends and <clears throat> even the grade 12s are, are missing their graduations. And that's a, a big milestone that has been removed from them. What are your thoughts about that? That's a really hard one. I have a child in grade 12 and I know what it's like on a daily basis <laughs> um, as far as the, how the complaints go. I mean, there's complaining every day about not seeing friends about uh, when is this going to be over? Can they still see their friends in some way? It's difficult dealing with that, but I think it's important to build in your child that sense that there are some sacrifices that need to be made and they're part of it. They're part of the solution to this bigger problem but also supporting them and finding ways for them. I mean, they still find ways to interact with um, socially online. The physical social contact is, is the difficult part. And the fact that, yes, they are missing big milestones. But I also think that to remain positive and to give them the sense that this isn't really the end of the world, it'll be over soon. And when it is over, you can make up for lost time. So you could have your own... You know, they're talking about things like doing a different kind of a prom later on where, you know, the people who didn't get to go to prom, they get to do something special. So it's kind of like putting a positive spin on it and helping them to stay positive that this will be over. Maybe something better will come out of it. I like that. I like that. Uh we acknowledge how they're feeling because it is difficult for 
friends and not to be able to hang out with and, and not being able to see your classmates at prom and that type of thing. But I agree with you that there could be new opportunities later on and a real opportunity to really treasure their friends even more because now we really realize how special they are to us. So we might come out of this with more awareness of what the people around us really mean to us. Mm -hmm. I think it's a good learning opportunity for children as well. Through adversity, I think always comes something good. You, you develop a certain part of your character maybe through that adversity. And we shouldn't always shelter our children from that. They need, do need to experience some adversity. And I think it's important for them um, because it builds their character in the end. They'll be able to talk about this time of 2020 when all of this stuff happened. It wasn't all great, but there, there are some positives and, and they'll build that resiliency and that character that comes when you face something that's adverse. Hmm. I think that's a great way of seeing things that everything is not lost. It's always here to help us learn, to grow. Is there anything else that you want to, to share? Anything else that comes up that we haven't, um, that I haven't asked you about? I just want to reiterate the, the things we talked about in the last episode, which is applies to your kids as well, as far as physical, you know, make sure they're eating, drinking, sleeping, those are all important things for them as well. Um, making sure that they're, you know, still getting a good night's sleep, maintaining their health and uh, well-being. I think the last thing I want to say is yeah. enjoy this beautiful time together. Mm -hmm. I think it can be a beautiful time together. There will be those moments when you want to tear your hair out. You know, I think in general, it's a beautiful time because we're spending time with family and family is mm -hmm. so important. Um, so I would just say, enjoy it because you know what? I think it's going to be over before we know it. You know, sometimes you miss something that I, I could imagine people saying, oh, I missed the time when we were, you know, social distancing and we were just, you know, <laughs> sheltered away in our homes. People will miss that just as much as they miss not doing it. So enjoy, <laughs> like you always say, enjoy the journey, enjoy the now because it will be over and then you'll go back to other things. And so just make the best of now. I totally agree. Thanks for tuning into Mom Chats. If you enjoyed the show, please leave us a review on iTunes. Remember to rate, review, and subscribe to our podcast so you can stay up to date with our latest episodes. This podcast has been sponsored by Alpha's Discovery Kids, inspiring our future leaders through curiosity, inquiry, and discovery. And Karen Suakwan Coaching. Enfolding your soul's gift to give. Thanks for listening.